abdominal plate tear, six months, clavicle tear, left calf tear, left lumbar tear, herniated disc, sciatica, dislocation of left thumb, dislocation of small fingers, left hand, double tear of the interbone ligament of the right hand, tendon broken in left wrist, bone fractured left toe, left foot, second phalanx, bone sprain, in this the is all right from parkour. Foot, bone sprain, left tibia, neck with neck with broken teeth, <laughs> cranial trauma, several. So one. This is all translated. So I don't know how um, good this is. A heel cracked, cervical sprain, elongation of the ring finger, crushed <laughs> palm cartilage, and like this is all within eight years of training. I think. And he posted this before the bail? This was, yeah, this was from 37 weeks ago. So, like, and then Sam, I don't know, do you know Sam Ultima? Yeah, I know the name, yeah. Um, but what have your wounds taught you if you're still suffering such physical inten physically intense injuries because no longer being afraid of being hurt isn't really an advantage in itself. Rather, it's an, a constraint since you don't protect yourself from what destroys you. Whew. This is a good topic. Yeah. I don't know, should we just kick it off there? Like, <laughs> was that an intro? It kind of sounds like kinda... it might be an intro. I yeah, can't... I was talking to you today about like Goggins. Yeah. And David Goggins is this polarizing figure who has tons of haters because his whole thing is like stay hard and he's been through so much damage and he also says things like, I want to die used up. You know, he wants his body yeah, to be yeah. used up, not preserved. And I went through this whole, my first 12 years, yeah, 12 years of parkour without having like any issues really. I had some jumper's knee, had a little, little baby ankle sprain, but nothing really that I would consider a lot of damage. And, and then since then, now I've, I have a ruptured Achilles tendon and a, a torn up knee. And I've become this guy now where if I were to say that on, you know, on camera, it's, it's like I'm that guy now where I'm still doing it. You know, I did this to my body and then this happened, but you know, you just get up and you just keep going. And, and, and it's kind of the same thing where I never thought I would be that guy. I actually thought I would be preserved I had this vision in my head, like 12, 12 years before the Achilles rupture, where it was that I was going to be like this 50-year-old pristine body person doing doing parkour, and it's been it's been quite an experience just just letting go of that. I don't know if you can speak to it. Much. Yeah, you're, well, you're well, doing all right. I'm well, yeah, <laughs> debatable. Um, I'm. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I would actually like to hear your perspective on that transformation in your own mind. Like, do you feel, do you feel like you're more of the Goggins type now? Like, you want to die, like, used up? Like, you know, of old age, but, like, you want to be like, oh, like, I don't have a knee anymore, and I don't have feeling in my left toe. or <laughs> Yeah, I have two feelings that basically come up on a like weekly or daily basis where like, I can tell you like to, like yesterday yesterday I go see my mom and 
pulling up to the house, just parked the car, stepping out, and I, I run into her neighbor, who is a 70-plus active man. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, looking, and I'm just looking at him stand, and I'm just, it, just as he's speaking, I'm thinking, I wonder if it hurts when he gets up. And it probably doesn't. And so I, I, I think about it that way, because I, I think it's definitely going to hurt when I get up. When I'm that old, I think I'm definitely gonna have some issues, um, and maybe I'll get. I I just have kind of wrote it now that that I'm probably gonna need a knee replacement at some point. Yeah. Just the amount that because uh, I'm missing a big chunk of my meniscus and I'm missing a big chunk of cartilage above that. So so missing part of part of what uh, cushions your tibia and part of what um, cushions your femur are completely removed from my knee, and so I'm probably gonna need something put in there or or maybe not I don't know like there's there's also like this this uh, you know the concept of, of imaging and things that are orthopedically wrong with people and they're just fine yeah you know like people that have uh, back pain and the imaging shows nothing and then people that have no back pain but the imaging shows like oh you actually have a herniated disc or whatever yeah so so I could be fine I could just you know go throughout but but it has it does enter my mind where where uh you know I'll be having a, a stretch of stretch of time throughout the week where I feel fine and then I'll have a stretch of time throughout the week where I'm like dang it it just hurt when I stood up yeah and I had to like walk it off or whatever and then I and then I see the seven-year-old guy moving around fine and I'm thinking am I going to be able to get so, there so do you well yeah so so there's been this like change in your experience in your body of like, okay, I feel great for the first 12 years and then all of a sudden these more serious injuries start occurring and now it's like, well, I might have to have like a new replacement later on in life or things like this because you're realizing that you're at this point, you're tearing your body down. But is there a change in your, like a change in your experience your thought of like how parkour works or like how do i frame this question where like where is your head at when it comes to like taking risk in parkour so right now because we, we've just had like three episodes talking about justin louis mm -hmm. and this and i'm we don't want you to go there again but <laughs> um of of going for jumps that he was clearly not exactly capable of doing and just kind of throwing his body against the wall but you're like I feel like you're still you still have a self-preservation mentality around parkour um, I don't know what are your thoughts uh, I don't think that's wrong but I definitely <laughs> don't actively try to have a self-preservation mentality in terms of approaching jumps and challenges like I think I spoke to this a bit when we were talking about Justin Louis and Capstone where it's like I, I wish I had a little bit more of that when when we were doing uh, super camp and around SPL time this past year and you know Ed Scott's here for an extended period of time and Ed Scott has great mental he's not something that, that most people would would pick to when I'm saying that you know he's not like a standout for oh Ed Scott has great mental but he absolutely does and I think I said to him at one point, like, can you just stick around here and like just, you know, yell at me to do stuff, you know, from time to time? Because I kind of need that. I kind of need um, a training partner who's just telling me, like, come on, man, like, 
Can you just, <laughs> I need, I need a bit more. I don't need the positivity. I need a bit more of like the, the, the warrior mindset, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I'm not actively trying to preserve myself. I, I think I'm coming out of currently I'm coming out of the, uh, the, the point in recovery where I'm concerned about taking impact with my knee. There's still some testing and some progression that needs to happen there, but I'm I'm on like the the, the good side of it where where I'm, it's not it's not in my head like I'm not looking at a challenge and thinking like oh how's this gonna feel? Um, yeah, I mean like even from, a few weeks ago when I showed up to that that night session that you and Holden were having and mm-hmm. you're doing a jump that months ago you couldn't get yourself to do yeah so like you're not. You seem to like you seem to be operating at a level that was similar to pre-injury. Right? Yeah, um, I, I definitely I definitely feel like my, myself again now. Aside from th- like I have jumper's knee on the other leg right now that I'm which, I'm just yeah. but like that's not like a thing where you know if I if I was determined to go out and do a challenge it wouldn't be in my head. It's just something that I know like okay I have to rest in order for this thing to go away. Okay, so you you don't necessarily have the thought of self-preservation in your mind, like when you're like training, it's just, it's almost like this an unfortunate blocker. Yeah, and even even before, like when I think about those first 12 years where I, I was training so much and always just more and more and more because I recognized that I'm I'm not like gifted in parkour. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I don't have like a lot of talent to draw on. I think, you know, if, if I compare myself to just, people on average, like sure, you know, I'm more athletic than the average Joe, but I never considered consider myself to be very athletic. And so in my mind, the only thing that was gonna make me better was doing more. And little did I know at the time that more can also lead to worse on the body. And when I hear, it's the same kind of thing like, uh, again, going back to like Goggins, like he'll talk about the same sort of thing where it's like, he didn't consider himself talented. And so the only way to get, and he might've been wrong about that, but the only thing to to get him to where he where he got to in terms of achievements was just just doing putting in work more and more and more and more. Um, and it's it's actually a hard habit to get out of get out of because I think like right now I always want to do I always want to do do more because it's the only thing that has ever got me anything. So anything that yeah. I've ever achieved has always been through work. It's never been through just unlocking something in the moment. So we got to go back then. So like the list of injuries that I read mm-hmm. from this guy who, yeah. who took this bail. Um, and if you haven't seen the bail, go watch it. Should we link it? I don't feel, I feel. Uh, uh, no, we can put a link in there. It's, uh, I don't actually know his name or anything. It's like Leon, Leonardo Roof or something like that. I don't, I think that, that might be a, not actually the case. Leonardo, yeah, Leonardo Roof. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he has a roof bail. So he actually does like a roof gap undershoots it pretty heavily and then just falls like does like an act does a basically a backflip and lands you can't really see how he lands but like he's very lucky lucky to have survived the fall let alone be able to walk away from it um but it's kind of like bring brings into question like this the thought this thought of like self-preservation in my mind in parkour um, because one of the central tenets early on in parkour was to be into last, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, at this point, 
seem <clears throat> seemingly as parkour has moved more towards extreme sport and away from a discipline akin to a martial art, the more there's been a recklessness associated with it. And that's not to say that there wasn't recklessness in the past. There absolutely was. There was people that I can, I can think in my mind of this massive like roof gap somebody tried and did a bounce back and fell from like height. Um, and there's countless clips on YouTube you can find of people bailing back all the way to the, the mid 2000s. But it brings to mind, so like, how, what is your thought on this laundry list of injuries that this guy has experienced in eight years of practice? And on top of that now, um, after that list of injuries was posted, he's now doing another gap where he's lucky to walk away from. Yeah, that bill probably didn't help that. That list of it. I'm sure because it someone posted that and said like, oh, he only got a few scratches or something from that. But I wonder now that we're a few days removed, I wonder if that's changed. If he's if he's had anything checked out. But seemingly the the tree saved him. Yeah, but I, I saw he commented saying the tree didn't save him. <laughs> that it blinded him momentarily so he couldn't see when the ground was coming so he landed awkward more awkwardly because of mm -hmm. the tree than than i don't know i i don't i also don't trust anything this guy says yeah. because so, he's throwing his he's doing if my perspective is that it's really stupid like um i said this to somebody else but this is this is fail porn right we're we're watching this guy fail and he's he's walking away from it so it's okay but had he like suffered a severe injury or, or died or died we would have we would be having a very you know the the parkour community the parkour culture would be having a different conversation altogether but instead we're watching this and being like wow what that's crazy fail porn you know it's like mm -hmm. um i don't know i i i'm and he you know i watched some of his videos and he's not he's not unskilled like he knows how to jump, he knows how to land for the most part, but but he keeps getting hurt. But he clearly keeps getting <laughs> hurt, and he's he's arguing. He's like, I'm trying to find the limit, and it's like, man, how many times you got to find the limit to know that that's the limit? Like, yeah, I, I guess we all find limits differently. Because for me, I I've never wanted to do anything sloppy. For example, like since I started parkour and learned how things worked. I've 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 always wanted to to well like at first at first I think my first year of parkour was just like look good like learn the basic <laughs> the basic moves at the time and look good doing them and then we started to have conversations I remember with who I was training with at the time about how there was a similarity between the aesthetic and actually uh, the the functionality and and what feels good in the body this is all you know <laughs> this is all like immature immature thoughts and then and then you know what I spoke to earlier about that first 12 year stretch and thinking about being this uh, pristine ultra healthy person later in life was all ignorance that, that's all it was like I, I don't think my my mentality around like what I want to get out of parkour has changed at all actually uh, I think I think I'm still pursuing the same things I always was but I'm just not ignorant to to what I'm actually doing I've kind of had to accept a little bit about mm, that maybe I'm not actually pursuing health. In some ways I am because, because being fit is definitely helps uh, with other health outcomes that wouldn't happen from not training and not being fit. But 
the the amount of training and the amount of pursuit of challenges and risk uh, definitely carries can carry a toll with it, which I've experienced. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I do have like, I I do value the self preservation in my mind of like, like I feel like I generally will take the appropriate amount of risk most of the time in, when I'm training, where I'm not like pushing too hard to do like things that are like outside of certain uh, abilities where we have had other people in our own community and of course there's people outside of it who have kind of been a little bit too, like too strong mentally for mm -hmm. their own good and that's resulted in them you know having bad injuries that they really couldn't come back from at least and perform at the same level or completely quit altogether so I value that self-preservation in my own brain because it's kept me relatively safe and, and successful throughout my parkour career so far. Do I have injuries? Do I have long-lasting injuries? Absolutely. And it's and and I'm not ignorant these days where I probably was the same way as you, but I'm not ignorant these days that parkour is this vehicle for health. Um, but there's also, you know, like what what is the alternative? You know, if you don't do parkour, you don't do an activity that keeps you moving and challenges your your mind and challenges your body in these different ways. Sedentary, being sedentary and like, uh, and you know, getting back pain anyway. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so like if, if I'm gonna get back pain when I'm 70, <laughs> I'd rather it be because I did something mm -hmm. than getting back pain in my seven when I'm 70 because I have been sitting my whole life. Um, so that it's like this trade-off, right? Um, but I think what this guy is doing to himself is going too far and it's unfortunate. I feel like... I wonder if it's, it's that he's aware, like not aware of his, of his limits because he's, he's trying to find a limit. And then you asked me like a, a question earlier about, you know, do I feel like I'm pursuing risk in the same way or whatever? And it's like, I kind of do. I kind of do feel like I'm always trying to trying to push what I can do, uh, but, but my, my my problem is I'm always afraid. I'm always afraid, and it's and it's it's challenging to get over the fear, uh, and it's it seems as if well we know this to be true that that some people don't have to battle that as much. So it's like I can be strong physically but weak mentally, where someone else can be strong mentally and weak physically. Yeah. And so they're they're just constantly like living. Uh, yeah, we've and as you said, we've 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 trained with people that are that are like that. Um, we come across them all the time. Where it's yeah, there's some people that are able to kind of like almost push beyond their means. And yeah, it's hard to tell them not to not to do it. Yeah, well, yeah, especially because like they can be successful, right? Like yeah. especially especially in like. It's exciting when you come across people who are like very strong mentally because it's like, oh, they can do challenges that I'm too scared to try. And so then it's like, wow, like they're gonna unlock challenges. Maybe, maybe it's gonna push me to go for the challenges that I know I can do that they're just kind of like casually going into. Um, or me, or even just it's inspiring to see somebody do something that I'll never do or, or mm -hmm. like don't. 
I mean, I don't really aspire to. Mm -hmm. Like, I aspire to be able to one day do it, but I also am, at this point, I'm, like, letting go of, like, a lot of the the super high-level, high-risk challenges that I... um, that I would have liked to do 10 years ago. (laughs) I'm I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, do I need to be doing that or should somebody else? Do you think that's more like just a recognition of, of like where you're at right now? Like, so maybe you had something on your list, something that you saw that you wanted to do. And you said, okay, one day I'm going to do this, this jump or this series of moves or whatever. And you have it on your list for a bit. And you're like, yeah, one day I'm going to do it. One day I'm going to do it. Um, but is it more of like a realization that the amount of work it would require to get to the level to do it, like both mentally and physically? Like if you're assuming you're at a deficit of those two things to, to do the challenge, you're like, okay, this is an unrealistic amount of work and I, I should just let, let go of it a bit? Or, or are you saying that altogether you're, you're starting to, to lose the vision to even make a list of those things anymore? Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. When we started parkour, we didn't really know what we were doing. We made a lot of mistakes. We've also come up through it and seen the world a lot differently through parkour. And we're hoping that through conversations like this one, that you yourself are able to think about things a little bit differently and hopefully get some value out of it. And we're really hoping that you can actually share it with your friends if you are in fact enjoying the content we're putting up here. STS is now ad-free, so please share it with your friends, like and subscribe to help us continue to grow this channel. No, there's still stuff like, I still aspire to do parkour and do cool challenges that I find interesting. Um, But I do think a lot of my, a lot of like the really high level ambition has reduced, like to the point where um, I mean, if I stopped doing parkour altogether tomorrow, I'd be happy with my career. Mm. Like, I accomplished a lot of what I set out to do. I did some things that I'm very proud of that were super scary mentally or super challenging technically or super physically demanding. You know, all, I've done all of it. Um, that's not to say there's not more out there that I could pursue and that I do want to pursue but if I retire tomorrow, I'd be happy. Um, so, um, but I think actually large, like a lot of things are kind of feeding into this. And this has actually happened recently this year was that I did have, there was a challenge that I wanted to do and I had it on a list and I was like, this is going to be cool. I'm going to film this. It's going to be part of a video that I'll one day complete. And it doesn't have anything to do with diving through holes or climbing up buildings. Um, but it was a cool jump sequence. And then um, we were out training one day. It was a Sunday jam. Oh, I know this. Is and, and, I, and I roped Ollie into doing it instead. Um, and he did it. And, he, and like there was this whole experience behind it. And it was super cool. It was, su- it was super moving. And at the end of it, it was like, I remember you told me, you were like, oh, I knew, I knew like this is the moment you like, this, you said to me, like, this is the moment I knew you gave up, you gave up or something, something along those lines. Not as harsh, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, like, this is, this is when I realized that because, because it was a challenge that's I wanted to do. That's how it felt like, whatever I said, that's what it felt yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> it, it was, it was a challenge I wanted to do and I 
instead of going through the process and working myself up to be able to do it um, and preparing myself however I needed to do to, to be able to do it, I, I handed it off to a young gun mm-hmm. and I said, hey, you should do this challenge because it's really cool. Um, and he did it. Um, and so I think actually largely what drove that decision was how trashed my knees were feeling. Mm. And um, since then, I've started to feel better. Like my, my knees have been feeling way better. And it's a lot to do with uh, lifting weights and like, you know, also seeing a physiotherapist, which, you know, helps when you get some help. Range physio. Uh, if you're local, go see uh, go see Ian with Range Physio. Um, but yeah, so now my my legs are feeling feeling a lot better, and I'm not. Fe- part of it was like like realizing that it was an injury in the first place. I don't think I recognized that yet. Mm. I thought it was just like, man, I'm getting old, and parkour is taking a toll on my knees, and so I guess guess I'm done doing hard jumps now. You know, uh, so I don't know if like maybe next year. I, like, if I had not told Ollie about that jump sequence, maybe next year I would have done it. I don't know. Or next, next season, next, like summer. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think I'm kind of in the process of kind of building myself up again and coming back so that I still have, like, another few years of, like, good, good cool parkour in me. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to think of it that way. I like to, like, oh, um, <laughs> you know, I'm still, I'm still, uh, still able to produce power. Not, I, I think I peaked, I definitely peaked in power at, like, age 29, uh, before I tore my Achilles tendon. Makes sense, right? And... You know, I've been able, but I've been able to do some things since that. I, I think I've joked about it sometimes in training, where I'll I'll finally have the uh, maybe the mental or the technical ability to commit to something, and I think I've said it a couple of times where I'll say, "It'd been really great if I like tried to do this when I could actually jump further." You know, like <laughs> yeah. just just you know, because you'd have you you have that just so much more to work with. Yeah. Right? If you think of it, if you think of yourself as like. Uh, I don't know, it's a structure, right? And it's like, oh, the more, uh, like a clay sculpture, the more clay I have to work with, the bigger and better this structure can be. But, you know, I've, I've like fine-tuned like my chiseling, my, my, my skills to, to be able to commit to certain things, but it would have been so much easier when I, <laughs> when I just had more, um, uh, more material <laughs> to work with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, that, that's where I'm at now, I mean, is I want to build up my physical, and I've been putting this off for years, mm. of just like, you know, I stopped I stopped strength training, and just went on a parkour kick. I was just mm-hmm. like, like only the parkour mattered to me, and it was just like all the, like the technical stuff, the stuff that scared me. That's what was cool, and like slowly I started like deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, now I'm just like on a kick of like, let's get my physical back. And I'm probably not gonna be able to jump as far as I did in my 20s. Um, but I'd like to at least see a glimpse of that again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully that will, uh, that will be uh, 
what uh, prepares me well for the for, for the next season of of outdoor parkour. Mm -hmm. So this was like the second thing we wanted to talk about today, beyond that that bail. Uh, nice segue, by the way. You already kind of covered two two points here, but let's yeah, we'll, let's we'll get dig a little it. bit let's deeper. Deep. So so we've uh, started an off season program, and my like my personal interest in this is is I always do. For, for as long as I can remember, I've, I've always trying to try to structure my parkour in seasons, but I've often failed at it. Like I would often <clears throat> switch into, it's hard, man, like to switch into uh, off season. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do maybe 80% strength training, 20% parkour, you know, hypothetically. Let's just throw that out there as a number. And I would end up doing the amount of 80% strength training <laughs> but not cut down the park order 20%. I would still try to, you know. 80 and 80. It's, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's, an, it's an addictive activity, man. Um, so that was always my problem. I, I think in the past, I, n I never actually got to really actualize a lot of the improvements that one should get from cutting up their training into to seasons or into um, compartments or whatever, whatever, however you want to, however you want to slice it there. And now I'm interested in, you know, seeing if like I can- slices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seeing if uh, some of the uh, younger guys we have around that are, that are very passionate, if, if some of what I've learned can be passed on. And so we got uh, four guys right now that, that I think we've seen as like, these, these four are probably going to be the next the next team, the next generation to be in Vancouver representing Origins, however you want to slice that. <laughs> and uh, we got them, my, my, my motivation was to try to involve them in the off-season training and then also get you into it because you've, you've expressed interest a lot lately about, about doing a program, getting back in. And so here we are, we're on week four, and last week we did some jump measurements and it was funny to me because everyone was disappointed, <laughs> myself included, in the jump measurements. Uh, you know, my 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 piece with it was basically that uh, just a month ago I did a nine ten jump, and seemingly it was just like increasing a bit. Cause I'm, you know, I rehab my knee, and I've just been constantly strength training as I rehab my knee. I did I did a little bit less uh, frequency over the summer because I was just trying to get back into the parkour. And then I had to take some time off over the last month because uh, my other knee started to develop um, tendinopathy. And that doesn't mix well with, <laughs> with jumping, jumping and landing. Um, so I scored in at a 9.8, um, not a 9.10. And I'm, I'm just, just 10 feet has evaded me for, but I actually, you could, you could go back on the Origins YouTube and you can look at my off-season training that I was actually doing post-injury at the end of uh, at the end of 2020, this is when I was just in this, not knowing what was going on with my knee, thinking that uh, it was uh, a bruise, as they they told me, <laughs> and uh, trying to like go through a strength program and a power program, and I, and I didn't get. I, I was actually able to squat pretty heavy during that time, but I, I um, ended up relapsing on the injury quite a bit through that period. Some of it recorded on video, some of it not. Um, and then had surgery and it's been, you know, basically like a, almost like a two year break all, all in where, where uh, 10 feet has, has evaded me. 
Um, but that, that's my goal right now, is to try to see if I can get back to 10 feet. Um, you're, you're at a bit more of a deficit right now, though. <laughs> Freaking huge deficit. Yeah, like, so at my peak jumping ability, I was able to do a 9-6 broad jump, and that's measured to heel. Yeah, so, so that would be, did, did you ever measure... I've done over 10. Okay. I've done over ten, a 10-foot 10 standing precision jump. I don't know I don't know how far above 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just like 10 if, if I compare know? if I compare like what I was hitting and like what you were hitting around the time because um, we got pretty close. Um, I actually think when I first met you, you definitely had a bigger running pre than me and I don't think that ever changed. I don't think mm-hmm. I ever caught up. Um, but, uh, but I had, I had the bigger standing jump yeah. and then you got like really close to the and we were both training it, but you got really close. Yeah. Um, the, I, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that I, that I did a 10, five edge to edge, um, never recorded. This is, you know, pre, pre Instagram yeah. and everything, yeah. but yeah, that's, I don't, I don't expect all, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> like talking in the terms, you know, like I'm definitely a realist, but yeah, it is unlikely that I will hit that again, but I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I well, so when I first when I first moved here, it was like there was a huge emphasis on being able to jump far. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't that where I was. And and I and I also like barely did much like precision jumping in general, like in my just wasn't like a big focus on my practice yet. And when I moved here, it was like no, we lift weights, we eat a lot, and we jump far. That's like, that's yeah, the trifecta. <laughs> and so I came here skinny. I was like 125 pounds, maybe, so soaking wet. And then, uh, and then I went all the way up to almost like 150. And then I like baselined at like 140. I always, 40, 40, I always feel like you were in a competition with Ma to see, to like. <laughs> I was, to, yeah. To see he was what? the perfect person to compete against because he was the same size and roughly weight as me, mm-hmm. and uh, he was way stronger. So it was just like, cool. I'm gonna try to catch up a little bit, and then we were jumping about the same distances. And like, you used to have the 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 record board in the gym. Like people who came to the gym, like record, and it was like one of them was like standing broad jump, and so like I'd come in, I'd be like, "Damn it, Ma beat me again!" Like I gotta, I gotta <laughs> jump today, and uh, yeah. So, so my jump has deteriorated, deteriorated significantly. So I was probably jumping over ten feet, and then this this last um, last week I jumped nine one, and mm-hmm. I failed nine two. So it was like pretty disappointing and it, like I had low expectations going into it but I just didn't realize how poorly I would I would be jumping it also sucks jumping next to Holden and Nathan right yeah. now I almost wish we didn't do that because I've been training with Holden in the summer and I knew he had like in my head I'm like he can jump a little further than I can yeah but this just made it clear that no he can jump a lot further. <laughs> he can jump a whole foot well, further than me <laughs> It's well. Do you remember when when we were at SFU and there was that jump that was like getting in your head, and then you yeah. and Ollie did it. Yeah. I was like, I knew both of you could jump further than me, mm-hmm. but like I didn't realize it was gonna be like that significant of like a difference in our mm. jumping ability, yeah. like output here. And well, it we is all different. Jump, but. It is different when you're jumping at things that have 
consequences. But it's it's crazy because yeah, like a couple months ago when I was training a bit with Holden outside, he if he hit something first try, I'd be like, how much do you give it? Yeah. Because that would give me in, in my mind it would it would let me know if I could do it because I only I assumed I was only a couple inches away from him. I didn't assume that I was a whole twelve inches away from him. That's wild. Yeah. He could jump a foot further than. But he I, I almost wish that I stayed in that ignorant mindset of of, of not knowing because yeah. because um, now I'm gonna have that in my head anytime that anytime he does something. Yeah, anytime it's like well time. he could jump a foot further than me so I'm not gonna try it. Cause... Exactly. And it's the same thing for you, like yeah. with that, that because yeah, thinking back on it now, it's like, oh, I could, I could jump a lot further than Tom. I didn't realize that, and uh, you know, there we were, doing the same jump. I mean, my my issue with that one was just, just the lack of exposure to. There was some height to it, the narrow yeah. wall, and all this, you know, kind of stuff. That well, I just... also like the overshoot was like a like not that appealing. No. It's like a little bit of a yeah. like a drop. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like. I know I'm not gonna overshoot this. Mm-hmm. If anything, it'll bounce or stick. But I think actually like you and Ollie could physically overshoot it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was potentially more scary. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it was 100% the type of jump that I just, um, yeah, like the thinness of the wall is almost a rail. It was, I don't know, I'm just sitting here making excuses now for, <laughs> for a meaningless jump, but yeah, uh, it was it was just it was just a necessary. I was I was happy with that day because it was a necessary part in the progression I've been going through of just getting back into doing parkour, of just looking at things like I used to be able to commit to this and do it like, but just just coming you know you come out of a thing and I talked about this before where it's like first first step is get used to the idea of like hey it's going to be okay that I'm going to jump on this leg, yeah. but then there's the rest of you and and parkour is is really this thing that you get back into where um, you're. It, the longer you're away from uh, from doing things that are close to your max or near your max or put yourself in positions, the uh, the harder it is to to get back into. Yeah, and I I, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, I mean, and it it's been it's been hard coming back to like a lot of jumping challenges because I mean to, I wasn't I was actively avoiding j- big jump challenges mm. for a while for like years now so here's so here's actually one of the questions i wanted to ask you about oh okay um when i said i had hard questions for you so <clears throat> from my vantage point and i don't know your your schedule and everything my, my vantage point you not only took a break from weight training but you took a break from like just training <laughs> frequency yeah and i want to say it was about five or six years ago <laughs> where there was a, from my vantage point yeah. there was a drop off in and um yeah i i definitely made moves where like you know we were talking about the mixtapes and stuff and that was like peak so we think think yeah. mixtapes well, ended how, when did mixtapes end 2016 someone commented on it last week i don't know but yeah I, I, like i said for me it was when i tore my achilles tendon and and i just kind of like I said, when I came back from that, it was there was just a big focus, and I, I started to, I'll admit, I started to get really selfish with my training, and yeah. I started to like almost like seek, like, seclusion, <laughs> a little bit, uh, with, uh, uh, with training, and um, yeah, definitely took to, took notice that, that you weren't doing it as as much, um, yeah. that there was almost like a drop in in motivation and. And there was less and less. And to your credit, during that time, you still put out like projects, 
but but it was almost yeah, like you're still doing parkour and and I was kind of going through phases of like am I filming my training am I not filming my training do I care mm-hmm. like do I want to just have fun so like there was probably also a lot of times where I was training that you just weren't aware of mm-hmm. um, but that's not to say I that. wasn't I wasn't going I wasn't training as much as I was before like. Mm-hmm. During the mixtape era, I, I see you keep a, a you keep a a journal now. Like when we're in the mm, weight room, you're yeah. writing us stuff. But do you, have you kept a journal like ever for how often you're doing parkour? I I used to yeah, actually mm. very early on. Mm-hmm. So I I did, and I I had a journal in the early days of Origins as well. Um, but I stopped I stopped that like it because it be it became less important for me to like I'm training six days a week. And I need to know, like, what did I do, like, on Monday? Yeah. And so now it, it's more, it was more just like, oh, I'm, like, feeling good. I'm going to jump around today or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that happened for a while. But, so I'll tell you one of the big reasons, and it, it's only occurring to me now, because um, I haven't really thought about why, um, but it's, uh, it was people, right? Like, we, mm-hmm. think about, like, the, the scenario, like, the crew that we had yeah. and the attrition that we experienced over the course of this five or six years. Yeah. Right? Like, well, we had, so yeah, you think one of the mixtape crew was yeah. us, Jared, Corey, Josh. Yep. It's kind of. <laughs> Those are the main ones, but even yeah. like Reno. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah, so I get, I get injured. Yeah. I recover you, from you, injury. Yeah. I go into seclusion. I just want to do do my thing. Sometimes my training is quite boring because, like, I'll consider like going to the field and doing some sprints, and then going to the spot next to the field and hitting some jumps after that. And I don't always want to like invite people into that. I'm usually just sometimes like I just want to get this done, yeah. done on my own. Um, and yeah, because I remember like you, yeah. So so I guess for you. Training partners matter. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't particularly enjoy solo training, although when I do do it, I get a lot out of it. But it's not like something I, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to go and like, no, I, I like play and play is a big part of my practice. So like if, if I'm pl- like play by myself isn't play it's just mm-hmm. i'm working i'm just doing i'm just grinding through and maybe i'm like okay like you know there's times where i'm having fun by myself but it's you know this but like training outside it's infinitely more awkward to train by yourself mm-hmm. than to have one other person with you um and so like a lot of my like my parkour ended up being with like wes so like wes would 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 be like hey like you know got like a free weekend let's go to hit up ubc and it's like cool yeah let's do that mm-hmm. so 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 wes kind of pulled me into like a a bit of a like regular experience of training um which was good and then um and then i don't know some like some of the other guys um like ollie um a little bit um but also, like, oh, still, like, not not any kind of regular experience with that. And, um, but I think it's the crew. Like, crew matters 
and it's way more fun to go out with a crew to sesh than to just try to train on my own. And and so like even like Sunday jams, I'm not like always consistent with showing up to. And and that's actually the other component to it, which is spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just like, yeah, like, okay, I'll go to a Sunday jam and we go to the typical spots that we we go to all the time and standard spot that can support a group of people training. But um and they're accessible. Um but most of the time, don't like spots that we go to, and it's and it's so when I do show up, it's like more it's more for just the social aspect and get some movement in, and probably not going to do anything hard. But if I do, that's cool. But if mm-hmm. I don't, that's fine. I just at least I got out of the house and did something. So yeah, that was that. That's so like I I like exploratory sessions with people, but not too many. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific uh, scenario yeah. you're yeah. looking for. So, but but it was it worked so well when we were doing mixtapes, and yeah. that was probably the most fun I had during parkour. It was because mm-hmm. it was based around like, hey, let's go find the challenge, let's do it as a group, um, and let's document it. Right. So, and here we are. Yeah. So years on years on from those days, and it's like the only thing that like. Then it became like it was just like well I have I have these projects I want to complete Ascension Two was a big one and then um, Dive Holes was the other big one and mm-hmm. it was like anytime I was going out it was like I'm basically un- unilaterally looking for those types of challenges because that's mm-hmm. all I care about because of the project so yeah. every, all my focus was into that and so outside of the project I wasn't training mm-hmm. I was just looking for things to do for the project right. And maybe a little I, preparation around <laughs> the project. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring it up because, um, yeah, we're just talking about this, and I, I was curious if, like, what it, what it felt like for you, because, again, from my vantage point, it was like, Tom doesn't train anymore. It was kind of like my, for the last, um, yeah, for com, com, when I compared to, like, five or six years ago, um, particularly when yeah. it was training on top of um, the preparation, and then, as you said, like yep. you, you took away, well, you know, it's different kinds of preparation, but you took away like specifically like the weight training. Yeah. But, but then I don't think you were doing enough frequency of, of jumping and, and just frequency of parkour altogether to, to like retain some of the strength because we've talked about this before, like, you know, mentioned it. And when we talked to other people about the the benefits and what you get out of strength training and what it can do for jumping ability and power and that you were able to increase your power um through supplementing with with strength training but then you were actually able to retain and and have that even when you stopped doing as much strength training i was about to say i did retain that for a while after Mm -hmm. but especially in the last few years because my frequency has gone down so much i mean especially like other th- competing interests, injury, mm-hmm. and just like not feeling good has impacted that. But, um, but yeah, like I did retain my strength for a period after. I don't know if you remember this, but you were, you were, this was a few years after I like peaked my strength mm-hmm. um, when I did like double body weight squat and everything. Yeah. You were like doing work upsets in the weight room. And you had 275 on the bar, which was like my previous like one rep max mm-hmm. for squat. And it's just a workup set for you because like you squat like yeah. way heavier than I do. But I was just like not warmed up 
I walked over, unracked it, and I was like, huh, this feels all right. And then I tried to squat it, and I did. It was the slowest, it was so sketchy, you jumped out of your, like you were sitting down, you jumped up to run over to spot me to make sure I actually like got up out of it, but I finished the lift without any help. And I, like after that, I was like, that was really stupid of me to do, because I wasn't warm, and I just, one rep, I just, repeated a previous one rep max, but this was years after. And so it was like, oh cool, like, it was like almost, I, I really wish I hadn't done it because it ruined my experience of like potentially getting back in the weight room earlier because I was like, oh, I'm still strong, cool. <laughs> I should have hated on your depth. Yeah, I, yeah, I should have just been like, no, nah, that was shallow, bro. You <laughs> Do it again. Either either way, it was, it was, the, it was probably the worst thing mentally that I could have done. I mean, it was great mentally for like, I feel invincible, I'm a superhuman person because like I'm still strong after not lifting weights, I'm still, but it was the worst thing I could have done because it ended up making me even more resistant to getting back into mm -hmm. the weight room. Um, because I was like, well, I'm already strong. I clearly don't need to keep getting strong. I don't need to squat more. I don't have any squat goals. I just, all right, whatever, I'll just keep jumping and, and work on the other components of parkour. And that's the, that's the other thing too, is like I've, I was very interested in the mental side of parkour. And so whenever I was training, I was trying to like find things that scared me and I didn't want to do that all the time. Mm. So I just wasn't so doing it all the time. So the frequency goes down. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It is tough. Like sometimes... Uh, Sometimes I can really get into the mood of, of, of training and just drilling. Actually, I mean, I mean, you know me. Like I'll, I'll do yeah. that all the time. Like yeah. I'll, I'll drill things, and and I do get value out of it. But sometimes it is, it is tough because it's, it's, it's not a motivating thing to do. To like, be like I'm just gonna practice things that I know I can easily do, and just do some reps of those things. Most yeah. people that do parkour don't like that approach. I'm sure there's like some students of ours that might watch this or, or listen to it and be like, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's great. Like, keep it up. Don't stop doing that. Cause I, I do think there is tons of value in it. Um, but it is definitely less motivating than seeking out. I'm going to do something Novelty. new that's going to make me uncomfortable. But also the very, the very idea of that is, is sometimes not attractive depending on the time of day or whatever yeah, you yeah. Know? it's not something that you're always like really prepared to do um unless you got a crew yeah, yeah crew helps <laughs> but here's the other thing too is i stopped okay so i used to go and train like living living with jared we would go mm -hmm. out and train during the day and then we would work in the evening or whatever but it, it got to a point in my own training where i didn't want to train before coaching Oh, okay. So oh, before working, yeah, it, I hated the like, I hated, <laughs> so there's a couple things I don't like about it, but I, I really hated the time constraint of like, oh, I have to like fit this in and like, I can't just like let the challenges take as long as they need to or mm -hmm. let the exploration take as long as it needs to. But the other component is I'm, I like, every time I would do it, I would be super focused on like, I can't get hurt because I have to go to work. And it was like, I can't, oh, I can't, I don't know. It's in my head. It's just like, <laughs> I can't get hurt because I have to go to work. And so 
Um, so it just like, it ruins my mental state for the session. Mm. Um, and I don't know when that started, but it definitely was in that era. And so it was like, cool, well, I'm only gonna train on weekends or days when I'm not working. And yeah, so that's- Time constraint with training has been uh, something that I've, I've struggled with, but I've, I've actually found like a good place with that because I'm always gonna be busy. Yeah. And at some points of the year, some seasons, I'll have more time for parkour, some yeah. seasons I won't. Uh, but when I have shorter amounts of time, it's just going into this, well, we talk about like low expectations, you know, go into the session, just, okay, what am I trying to achieve in here? Am I, because if you only have an hour and then you gotta go somewhere right away, like yeah. getting, trying to go into that session, like I'm gonna do something really hard, probably not the right idea. That might happen, you might, that, that might happen for you, but probably not the right, mindset to go into the session. So you go into the session just like, I'm gonna get some work done. I'm gonna rep some things. I'm gonna play around, you know, see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been it's been better. And then I've, I think I've told you sometimes about some of the, some of the challenges that I've uh, went and got videos of uh, with, with Mateo, where it's like a, a big challenge or a big line or something that I'm trying to, trying to unlock so that, so that I can go and get it shot and done with and some of my process for that has been like, okay, I gotta go as often as possible to this spot. But a lot of those sessions would be like showing up to a spot and like, I only have 30 minutes. Right. But doesn't matter, I'm here and in the 30 minutes, like I'm gonna have like this little amount of progression that I'm gonna try to get to. As long as I get to that, cool. I got some experience with the spot in. It's gonna help with my mental. You know, you just tell yourself the story of like that this is gonna this <laughs> yeah. is gonna help overall. Yeah, build up uh, the frequency, and, and then that's it. And it it, it's, and it has exposure, right? Yeah. The exposure therapy method. Yeah, and it has worked. It has worked. The, the exposure. So, so there there are ways of uh, you know getting in with, with. But again, it's you have to really. I think I've been really motivated to do those because because I'm I'll be driven by the the bigger picture of like, oh, I'm working up to, to this video. But at the same time, I got, you know, this, this full-time responsibility of, um, of the gym and everything that I gotta do. And so I'm only gonna have these little pockets of windows of time that I can put into working on this thing. And you just go do it. So it's just, yeah, it's just like, all right, I don't have, I don't have all day to go to the spot, you know, and you know, cause sometimes like if you, if you wanna do something like that, you'll, you'll give yourself like the whole day to, to, to wait until like, okay, now I feel good. Now I'll go out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we don't have that. She's like, oh, I'm going out between three and four o'clock and I'm just going to show up there and what happens, happens. Yeah. That's it. Some of my favorite sessions are going to UBC, which is a trek. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, this is like a six hour session. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool, I'm skating around different spots and and I'm like exploring the little nooks and crannies of the of the campus and but it's like that's unrealistic to be able to do all the time because it's such a large window of time and now it's you know those days might be mostly behind me <laughs> okay man uh I wanted I want to Touch on one more topic. <laughs> oh, what do we got? So we've been, this is, uh, how long have we been recording for? Oh, not quite an hour yet. I think we got time for one little bit here. Um, so. <clears throat> Under an hour, it feels like it's been longer. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're just, uh, 
<laughs> this is one. Of, this is definitely one of those weeks where it's just like we're just going to talk about times of old. <laughs> yeah, talking about myself for an hour. <laughs> uh, but this this past week, uh, a very polarizing figure was exposed. <laughs> um i think i think actually probably well i i don't know if i was gonna say i hope but but i think most of the people that listen are are aware of the liver king and it's it's interesting because the the liver king is a big figure in in fitness and fitness influence and recently uh he was exposed by more plates more dates and zach talander as being what most people that know what they're looking at know as being someone that was was heavily abusing steroids to achieve a physique and then selling himself as the practitioner of the nine ancestral tenants <laughs> and being a charlatan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because I, I start thinking about parkour and there, there are some people that I think over the years I've definitely looked at as charlatans, but we've never really got to the point where they were able to leverage what they were selling to the point of Liver King. But, but I wanted to ask you about this. Like, do you, do you feel like this is something that's going to happen to parkour, where we're going to have a charlatan <laughs> that is selling a method or a way and then that they claim worked for them, but it clearly isn't gonna work for anyone else, and then they're able to leverage that and, and make a bunch of money off of it. You know, um, probably there it will eventually happen. It just, I'm not, so there, there's just not enough like online, like there's not enough products in parkour to like actually leverage that. So, like, there's not enough, like, online courses that are, like, hey, like, follow these nine central, <laughs> nine ancestral tenants and you'll become a parkour beast. Um, uh, there's just not much of that yet. Um, I mean, there is some, but it's not really, like, there's nobody who's, like, like it's not like um, Tim Champion is selling, like, this is how you become, this is how you become good at, like, swinging and it's just like a couple bicep curl exercises or something you know what i mean like yeah. we don't have like it's like oh yeah just ignore the 10 years of gymnastics experience or what, however long he was training gymnastics for and now he has like an amazing lache um that's not to distract from the parkour training he's put in to like gain the lache but my point being is i don't know what you would be as like what would you be a charlatan about like like how, like, can you think of an example? I, I, I do have an example. Okay. <laughs> um, a current one. Don't. What did you, Who recently resurfaced well, after exactly, a break. I, who I've known who you're talking about. So, <laughs> uh, so we're talking about uh, Theo Thanchik. Uh, yep. And he's not selling anything currently, but the way he, so he does, if you look at the the Liver King lie, if you haven't seen this yet, go check it out. It's actually a very entertaining, hour-long piece, almost documentary-ish on the More Plates, More Dates YouTube channel. Uh, but it goes into the definition of a charlatan and how they how they speak and how they behave. And, and uh, yeah, I um, 
my stance on Theo Thanchek is he's a charlatan, and it, um, again, I, I relate to Zach Talander a lot because he talks about how it, like, angers him when these people surface mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and he has to go back and understand, like, why does this anger me? And I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've said anything publicly about this guy yet. Probably uh, This is probably the first time. Um, because I have to go back and be like, okay, like, why is this upsetting me? And, you know, what, is it doing harm? Is it, is it whatever? And I think there is definitely some things he's been called out on that are, that are harmful in terms of, like, fear-mongering and talking about why people are injured. But it, it, uh, oh, I have to, I think, I think, like, Doey was talking about him the other day when we were training. He was like, oh, yeah, he says to, like, do this. And I just have to ignore it because I'm like, this isn't really a constructive yeah. place for me to get into. Plus, I'm going to be speaking from, like, anger if I, if I get into there. So I have to be able to kind of pick my battles here. But, but what I, I guess what I will say is, is I hope he doesn't start trying to sell stuff because there are... A posture are, program. Yeah, because there are definitely people in parkour that like he's already been quite successful on his YouTube, and there's definitely people in parkour that are going to buy into it if if he if he chooses to go down that route, and I actually don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I actually, I. I kind of had a similar perspective that he he may be a charlatan, um, but actually Callum's podcast with him, like he held his own like very well, and he clearly knows a lot about what like all of the criticisms mm -hmm. that the the physio that was on a uh, no bullshit physio mm -hmm. was talking was bringing up, and then they got to the point where, like, they actually were agreeing at one point, and I was just like, oh, okay, so, like, maybe yes he has, no. like, maybe he has different different <clears throat> methods, and maybe some of what he's doing potentially is harmful, but I actually, I don't think he's, like, intentionally, I think he's, I don't, I don't put him at the same level as the liver king in terms <laughs> of what he's doing. Um... Well, he would have to come. Okay, so I'll, I will. I would compare him to. Do you know Nadi Aguilar? No. He's the um, uh, what's it called? Functional patterns. Guy. Oh, okay. And he's he's a charlatan, hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, I would put him on like he uh, he has a similar uh, mindset in terms of approaching training and movement and stuff um, that. I don't need to go into detail like here about like why it's why I I I know it to be <laughs> false, um, but he's out there you know promoting it. The difference is again like Nadia Aguilar is someone that is telling you that you need to be this you need to be doing these exercises you need to be doing this method otherwise like you're totally crap. So he hasn't you know taken that bold step to say like hey if you're not doing this, but he what. What kills me is that he speaks with such conviction, which is not a bad thing. Like, you know, you can be sure of yourself and speak over things where I'm like, you're not coaching parkour, you're not good at parkour, and you're coming at it from this stance of, of things that you have learned from some guy who 
also speaks with a lot of conviction and assumes that he knows everything. And then you're coming into the parkour space and, and basically, and I, I think what people are attracted to is because it's different. Because it's, because it's different people, and because he's speaking with such conviction, people assume that it's correct. Yeah, Whereas I, he would do a lot better if he was saying, this stuff worked for me and for my client, and therefore, you know, it might work for you. Try it out. He doesn't do that at all. Would he, he, would just, he do better if he did it that no, way? No, he would do better on, on not pissing me off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, at me, think, like, and at me not calling yeah, him a he's, charlatan. He's, yeah, yeah, I mean... I agree with the tone with that his tone is, and his uh, and his language is very like this is definitely the case. Trust me, as a um, as, as an expert, a not like an not particularly defined expert. What is he an expert in? He doesn't have any degrees that like demonstrate that he understands. Um, science or anything like that but I don't know like I I'm I I'm not I'm not in favor of what he's doing but I'm also like at first I was like really really like skeptical of it but now I just ignore it I think it's possible that he ends up becoming a like a, a charlatan and kind of profits off of like misinformation but I think even the the liver king is he, I mean, he's probably a psychopath, but um, he seems to like believe what he's talking about, mm -hmm. you know? He's, and he's selling like liver supplements and, and heart and like all these different um, uh, supplements that are not bad for you. They're probably actually good for you. And so, is it all that bad that he's selling a product that is potentially helpful? Well, this is talked about in the video where like every, so much of what he's doing isn't inherently bad. Like selling, not, not a bad thing. The products he's selling aren't bad products. The nine ancestral tenants he's talking about aren't bad. What's bad is that he was coming out and saying, I achieved like this uh, freakish physique by doing these things when actually he was on a stack. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. It's like super misleading and it's potentially um yeah, it's just potentially immoral because you're selling something that's not there. But who do you know in like popular culture who just comes out and admits, I'm on steroids? Well, that's a whole like that's a whole you other know, it, it, it's it's yeah. one of those things where it's like and I hate to be defending Liver King right yeah. now, but I feel like this, like you, you go up to, to, you know, you go up to Liver King and you're like, hey, are you on steroids? Of course he's gonna be like, uh, no, I'm not, you know, cause mm -hmm. it looks bad if you say you're on steroids. Well, for celebrities too, it's, um, it's illegal. Like a lot of it's illegal or it's, um, even if it's like pharma grade things mm -hmm. that they're getting prescribed and they have, um, a doctor that they're working with, it's still things that you and I would not be able to acquire. Right. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's problematic in Hollywood and uh, it, it gets 
talked about on the channels I've mentioned all the time. Right. <laughs> As a like like natty or not, and like exposed videos are are very uh, very popular on on YouTube. Yeah, right totally. Now. Yeah. Well, and, and that's good. I like I like mm -hmm. people exposing it, but I also I almost feel like like for Liver King, like to be coming out and being like this uh, this this character who's like selling his brand and then selling products that are probably good for you if you buy them, but they're probably way overpriced as well. Because, um, I mean, you could just eat liver and be, and eat, and, <laughs> and get the same health benefits. But, but it's, it's just, uh, it, you know, it's awkward to, you know, go up to, go up to Liver King and ask him, hey, are you on steroids? Of course he's going to say no, because anybody in that position would say no. Well, not, not, there are, there are a collection, and it is actually becoming, in that space, so in like the bodybuilding and fitness influencer space, there are more and more people openly speaking about their usage. Mm. And so it's becoming this old thing now to be, to be in denial. There's actually fewer and fewer people that are in denial, except for actors. So right. actors are still in denial, but it's because I think they're probably told, I think they're probably on contract or something. There's probably like some other bigger story. There's, there's, there's more to it there, but like if you're a bodybuilder or if you are a fitness influencer, yeah, it's, it's much more. Could you imagine the stigma mm -hmm. if like, if The Rock came out and was like, yeah, I'm on steroids. Mm -hmm. Like the stigma that would be associated well, now? The, the longer you go, and that's the thing with Liver King. I think it's like the longer you go, the harder it is. And that, yeah. that's the problem that people had with his apology is, like what he should have said for his apology is, you know, the first time someone asked me, I said no. And then I just kept saying no after because like, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna go back on it. Um, versus like if he had said yes the first time, uh, if, he had, if he had owned up to the first time. Like once you, you lie once, you just, you just keep doing it, right? Um, so I think that's the thing with actors is, is sometimes they'll tiptoe around it. Sometimes they won't be asked directly. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone has point blank been, to the rock on camera, like, hey, now you're like, not. what's your uh, what's your trend cycle? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, yeah. What's your stack? <laughs> um, uh, but he's like, he's alluded to well, okay. being natural. Also, he's he's selling um, like energy drinks and supplements stuff now too. So like, it's it's not it's not all that different. It's not all that different than um, other than that he hasn't been on a bunch of podcasts saying saying no, I never touched the yeah, stuff, yeah, and I'm yeah, like exactly. all clean, you know. I mean, well, let's go back to, to Theo Tantric for a second because mm -hmm. he, like, I genuinely believe that he genuinely believes what he's doing is good. Yeah. Right? And so, and then, so let's say he puts together a program, he sells it. Is it immoral for somebody to think, like, it's like, like we're selling parkour to people, and we're like, mm -hmm. "Hey, this is good. It's healthy." <laughs> you know, it's like, are we, are uh, we being immoral here? We're, well, you could roll an ankle. You could, you know, mm -hmm. um, if you go really hard on it, you might need a knee replacement by the time you're fifty. But you know, yeah. If we, I genu I still genuinely believe parkour is good for you most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, in most scenarios, good for people to practice parkour because I, I still do believe that even though you might get injured because you could get injured doing lots of different things, but parkour is just like a better vehicle for it. Mm -hmm. um, but if Theo comes out with a program that's like, fix your posture, fix your shoulder pain, pay me, you know, a hundred bucks and I'll give you this. Well, that might be different because he's not, he's, 
the way he's coming out now, like when I watch, it's hard for me to get through one of his videos, um, but the way he comes out in his videos is that he's, he's analyzing like Verky and he's like, this is the way he moves. And it's because of this that he's doing this. And it's just all these matter of fact things. If he comes up with a program that is like, do these things and you're gonna be able to be like this, this athlete here, or whatever, that's totally different than like, these are some things that are good to practice for your posture and you might have less pain. This is a different packaging of like one, again, it's like, <laughs> which one, but which I'm, I'm confused though. Which mm. one do you think is the right one, the morally good one? And which one is the morally wrong one? Oh, sorry. The, the morally wrong one is the first one where it's like, if you, uh, I, I, I first, okay. I will say, I'll confidently oh, say this right like now. Toby. He has no business talking about how to do parkour. No business whatsoever from watching his videos, from hearing the way he speaks, from looking at his own clips of movement. He has no business right now telling people how to do parkour at an advanced level. No business whatsoever. And he should stop because he has, he has no idea what he's talking about in that realm. If he wants to talk about people like beginners and be like below and people that is his own level and below, that's fine. He has no business talking about parkour at the advanced level. I haven't seen enough of his movement to be like, okay, he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing, but I, no, I think, much. what? You're not missing much. Okay. I mean, I feel like I've heard from like some of the Australians that he's like, actually like pretty good at parkour. So, but maybe, I, maybe it's wrong. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, is it, but it also it's like, well, do you have to, <laughs> this goes back to another, <laughs> another topic or another um, podcast we did, but do you have to be good at parkour to know what you're talking about and no, how to do parkour? That's another thing. That's another one. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't think, so <laughs> we're talking about that way. For me, he doesn't check off the other boxes required to be like, oh, I'm, I'm in a perfect situation to be uh, coaching people that are advanced in parkour and giving them advice and telling them what, he doesn't check off the other boxes to, to be in that position. So, yeah. so like, yeah, okay, like, let's say, like, he didn't uh, achieve the, the level of them in parkour. That's, that's fine. There's a whole list of other things you should be able to check off if you're going to be coaching someone at that level or providing them with, um, with advice. Yeah, like uh, over a decade of experience well, coaching. Well, just, just coaching people regularly, like coaching parkour classes and things regularly and seeing how people do this and seeing how they respond to cues mm -hmm. is a big thing. If you're gonna come, I'm not gonna come on a, to a video and be like, oh yeah, I think people should um, uh, hold their shoulders this way or, or do this exercise to, to get better at Kongs, let's say, mm -hmm. without testing it on like 100 people first. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. <clears throat> I agree with that. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I can go either, I mean, I'm definitely not into what he's talking about, mm -hmm. but I'm also not uh, as opposed to what he's saying as I think right. you are. And how, how do you feel about Ukemi? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, all right, we won't make this a, a shit-starting podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> you know who had great Ukemi? Who? Leonardo Roof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
He fell on his face and still walked away. There you go. Clearly knows how to fall. Yeah. Good, good save. <laughs> good save. Good save, guys. Okay. Is that it? Are we done here? I, I think, I think okay. we're done here. <laughs> if you liked what we were talking about, please leave us a like. Smash the like button. It really helps us out. Leave us a comment if you have any questions or thoughts about this video. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode.